This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <whistles> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out takes. Almunia saves. Look out follows in. Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter-attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Dini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Well, good afternoon, everybody. That was an afternoon of, of yes, cup football. But uh, yeah, fair play to uh, Chesterfield and their supporters. I don't mean to be condescending in any way, but uh, your fans made a racket and uh, you gave everybody, uh, yeah, perhaps some palpitations today at, at 1-0 up. But obviously the end result being 2-1 to the Hornets after basically kind of a late second half comeback, a few changes and, and two goals went the other way. But possibly more poignantly, a day of, of memories and of people and of respect shown. Obviously, it was, it was announced it was going to be the Graham Taylor Day. And on most occasions, the Graham Taylor Day basically just revolves around the big man and uh, memories of him. Obviously, there were, some, there were some literally stellar names there from the past to, uh, to accompany his, his family on the pitch, the game. But there was also, you know, really nice touches, you know, as, remembering John Duncan, who was a fabulous manager for, for Chesterfield, including the time, obviously, when Sean Dyche was playing and they got through to a semi-final, a, a nice touch. And then at half-time, on a personal level, and probably even more touching than everything that had gone on before that, was Martin and Sue Sawyer, Tom Sawyer's parents. Captain Tom Sawyer way, you will know it well. I had a, didn't know it at the time, but a great privilege to know the young man when he was very young. He was about 15 or 16 at the time. And I was coaching at a club called Riverside AFC, which Tom, you know, his parents, Martin and Sue, basically ran. They were very community-minded, very sports-minded. And Tom used to come down and basically watch me coach. And he was always looking for kind of, you know, how do you do this? What do you do there? You know, a really bright young lad who obviously, you know, shone so bright and so short, which is a tragedy. But a beautiful, beautiful speech from, from Martin today under the most difficult of circumstances. And a huge call out to anybody who was in the Chesterfield end who were applauding him and, you know, midway through were trying to start a chant of one Martin Sawyer. Fair play today. In that respect, everybody wins on a bigger sense today. But let's get back to the football. But credit to some great support from Chesterfield and some great, some, some genuinely touching moments, which were great. But it was a game. It was a game. It was 2-1. What did we think? What did we think of it? A first half that the Watford fans won't enjoy, but the Chesterfield fans absolutely quite rightly should have relished in because they were comfortably the better team in my view. And then a second half when some changes were made, we we get back into it. But hey, if you want to come on and let us know what you think, do. If you don't want to and we want to make it a short one, that's absolutely fine too. Let's get across to Rich. Only two goals today, so his, his restaurant... His restaurant fund doesn't get impacted on, which is good, which is good news for him, obviously. But Rich, sir, did, did you get along today? Because obviously everybody was all out of kilter. I was in the upper GT. Where were you? Yeah, no, I had my seat. I love the FA Cup. I always have. And, you know, third round, I think, is always something special. And funny enough, I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Chesterfield because I've been following that league with 
Wrexham and Notts County over the last few years. And yeah, I was, I was pleased that, that, you know, they had a good following and everything you just said, I echo, they were excellent and their team did them proud and they're extremely unlucky to be travelling up the motorway with a defeat because they certainly didn't deserve to lose that game. And as far as team goes, as I said to you just recently, Pete, if you're not got, have, if you're not going to have necessarily a great manager, have a lucky one. Yes. Certainly got a luck. Certainly got a lucky manager because uh, all I could see for a little while were P45s hanging over him after that wow, woeful performance, particularly that first half. For a set of professionals to go out and do what they did in that first half was just unforgivable. There is not a player on that pitch in the first half that could look themselves in the mirror and say I was putting my effort in. But, but you know, first ten minutes were bright enough. And then they completely capitulated and, you know, credit to in some parts to Chesterfield. But what I saw from Watford players today was nothing. And it was, I thought, disgraceful. They somehow got themselves out of a hole. I, I think the, the Tom Deli bashiri experiment of right back surely is now put to bed once and for all mm-hmm. because he was absolutely woeful there. But, but I, will, off, yeah, absolutely. I, I will counter it. The second half in midfield, the best player on the pit. And, and if that doesn't show you everything you need to know, then there you go. I mean, he was excellent and his goal was superb. I mean, the, the finish to, you know, not just get the ball, take it inside and slot it home. Excellent and fair play to him. But I'm afraid every person on that pitch in the first, I've never seen Livermore so bad and so slow. And I love the guy. I thought Healy, Asprilia and Martins were so poor. I mean, I love Martins, as you know. I can't look. I can't stand up for him today. He was dreadful. I don't know what suddenly gone on with him. He's, he needed a kick up the arse. Asprilla kept going. I'll give him that. Healy was just isolated. And you have to ask the manager. You have to ask the manager. We're playing a non-league team, a very good one, but we're playing a non-league team. Why are we not playing two people up front? Why are we not having a go at them? The amount of boring passing backwards and forwards along our back line was intolerable. The gods were with us today. The, the rainbow came out for those that weren't at Vicarage Road. A massive rainbow came across the pitch. And it was obviously Graham and Captain Tom saying, I do not like that. And obviously something came came out of it and we somehow scrape into the next round. And But I mean, we even turn up like anything like that at Loftus Road next Sunday. We're in big problems. And if people in that boardroom and recruitment team don't see that we need some new blood, then we're just going to, I think, struggle and drift because that would, you know, we're just appalling. But as I say, we've got a lucky manager. Maybe that will tide us through to mid-table obscurity because, you know, it's not good enough. You know, we just cannot keep a clean sheet, you know, but no. Don't know really what else to say, Pete. You know, it's a job done. All the credit today is with Chesterfield and there's not much more I can say to them. Their, their fans were a credit to them and they were good before the game and they never stopped singing their team through it. So fair play to them. It's all about them today. Quite right. Yeah, no, quite right too. I've, I've, I think you have to take, you have to give some credit also to Chesterfield there in the first half because they played with a tempo and they, with a strategy that, that, that rocked us back. And yes, of course, we as Watford fans will look at it and go, you know, and look at it as a negative from our side. But there is the fact that we do know that the cup will make people nervous. It will make the lower placed team, shall we say, go, this could be our day. And it was the FA Cup writ large until that last change and seeing, you know, Ryovic actually, you know, having, you know, he is, as we've said, he is so binary. He scores or he doesn't, basically. And he did. And he, you know, and we have to say absolutely fair credit for him to, to do that. It was interesting because I was I was a displaced citizen today because where, where I normally sit was making lots and lots of Chesterfieldy type noise and fair play to them. And the, a couple of the guys who were sat next to me were so infuriated with with Ryovich, literally within two minutes of him scoring, of him not being able to hold it up, of him not being able to do all of that. But it was like he's come on and done what he needs to do in that particular short period of time. Sometimes I think we just have to go, you know what, it's the ma- it is the magic of the cup and fair play to them. But you're right. We do I, need to look I at think, ourselves and go, really? Yeah. What was going on with Sierra Alta today? Well, exactly. He, he wasn't the one who was having the fight continuously. It was clearly, it, I would suggest that if I were Paul Cook, who, by the way, was an excellent, young, an excellent player, a left-footed midfield player of some really quite some class, and, he's, and I think he's making a fine fist as a manager in various places that he's been. And I think Chesterfield are pretty, pretty delighted to have him because I'm surprised he's not working in League Two or League One. But 
you know, he, he is where he is and he's doing a fine job with them. I think he must have been saying, go and target Wes Hoot. Go and target yeah. Wes Hoot because the amount of times that both he and his opposition player had had quantities of each other's shirts and it was, you know, the whistle was going to be blown. It was going to go one way or another. I don't think I don't think the Chesterfield fans will feel that they came out of that uh, that particular little kind of duel as much as he would have liked. But Sierra Alta didn't have that. He didn't have somebody having to go at him constantly. His use of the ball, especially in the first half, was quite chronic. And there was periods where I was thinking, which one of you is playing centre-back, Jake? Because Jake seemed to be sitting deeper and and he seemed to be pushing up a little bit in that first half. They got it sorted, I think, in the second, but blimey, mm. one of them, one of them. What could have been, yeah. eh? What could have been? Well, that's right. I mean, and what you said about Rajovic up in, it was exactly what was going on around me because we're all just shaking our heads because, yeah, he's dropped his head down and the, and the ball's gone on his head and he scored a goal and credit to him. But but everything else is just dreadful and it just can't hold the ball and I just don't understand it. I've never, I'm really struggling because I like a striker, as I've said many times on here, and I just, he's just an enigma. I just don't get it and, uh, you know, but, yeah, honestly, if we don't go and get a striker this window, I, I really am. Because Healy, although I felt for him a little bit as a, a, a smallish guy against two big, you know, centre-arse, he didn't get a lot of change out of anything. But he doesn't seem it, doesn't seem it, it to me. And Ryovic is OK coming off the bench for 20 minutes, as we've seen again today. Bayo's better and does what he can. But none of them are any good, at, you know, at the level that we need them to be. And that is a concern. And I agree with you. It's, it, it, you know, defensively, we are just all over the shop at the minute. And I, I, I don't know. I, I'm nice. With Ishmael, I just don't know. He's a lucky manager. That's all I'm saying. It's a, but yeah, credit to Chesterfield. And they did. I, I did accept that. And you, and I did say that in, when I, in my first opening thing, that they did play well. Yeah. But that was, that was as bad as Watford have played all season that first half. They were dreadful. And, they, and it was purely because of effort. And if, uh, and if you go into a game and you think that playing 60, 70 minutes percent at your level gets you through, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You don't. It doesn't happen, and we were dreadful. And I don't know. You know, it, it, there needs to be a long inquest about that first half because somehow we're in the draw whenever it is tomorrow. But we're very lucky to be. But uh, anyway, fair play, sir. Fair guys. play, and you, as ever. There, there's Rich WFC too. As ever, the the contest winner is highlighted by being in that draw. So you know, fair play. We, we've done the main thing, which is basically progress to the next round. But we want to have a look at the uh, the good and the bad, the, the the good, bad, and indeed the ugly. And no, Ron, that is not a reference to you. I'm not segueing to you there because that would just be unfair. But hey, it's Uncle Ron, everybody, over in Florida. How are you doing, Uncle? I'm all right. I'm trying to find a car workshop somewhere, but I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> You're trying to find a what? A car workshop? I don't know. What do you call it when someone works on your car to like, Fix on dings. Oh, wow. like, <laughs> All right. <laughs> so to speak. Fair I enough. Don't know. The, I, I, in the old days, we called it a workshop, a body do. shop. Oh, yeah. So, so sir, we, we, have, we haven't chatted in a, in, in a little while. We tried to get you on the other day, but and I was having fun and games trying to get you on here, but for some reason it wasn't working. I hope you're well. I hope the family are good and all. What, 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 are, what are your thoughts after, obviously, the joy of the cup is getting through, and we always know it's a, it's a, it's a great equaliser. Um, Chesterfield made a good fist of it, but we got through. But what what were your thoughts on the day? Well, we did win, but the bigger picture is quite worrying for right. me. I think the manager is is, is very cowardly in in terms of his tactics and uh, lineup at home games. That we never play two up front, and people say, "Oh, we can't do it with our squad." I, I mean, if you can't do it at home to Chesterfield, then then it's it's cowardice. There's no other word for it. And when he we did go to two up front, it made the difference. But there's three other main points I'd like to make. Go on, off you go. First is Daniel Backman, I thought was horrendous again. Uh, a statue for their goal and, and very poor otherwise. He shouldn't have ever played for Watford again after his awful petulant sending off. He shouldn't ever have played for the club again. I stand by that. And, and he was shown up by, let's not forget, this was the... Second choice goalkeeper for Chesterfield. Their second choice goalkeeper. I've had a lot of stick for my views on James Morris. I'm going to be very careful and make it solely based on football. 
Mm-hmm. But he was shown up today by the Chesterfield winger. He's not good enough. And people say, well, he's all right as a third choice left back. Well, he's not because he wasn't good enough today against non-league Chesterfield. He's not good enough. Right back, there's a serious problem because Ryan Andrews, wonderful player, wonderful talent, but he is in danger of being flogged into the ground. Ngakia is not good enough, constantly injured, and it's cruel, I would say, to Dedi Bashiru to play him at right back. It's cruel. Again, people say it's an experiment, but if he's being exposed at that position at home to Chesterfield, non-league Chesterfield in the FA Cup, then the club have to, they have to bring in another right back this week. They have to. It's wicked not to. It's wicked not to do it. And it's wicked to to Delhi Basharu. So if Pozzo wants to run it again as a skeleton football club, which it seems it is at the moment, he has to go. He has to get out of this football club. And the sooner the better. Okay, okay. So obviously Dan Backman played today. I would suggest that I, I don't think anybody was really surprised that that he played today, bearing in mind that, you know, Hamer has come in and, and has played for a little while, but obviously is only an injury away from if Ben Hamer pulled up with a uh, an injury, then Dan would be back in. And therefore it makes sense to play your substitute goalkeeper, as Chesterfield did, as you pointed out, to keep them fresh. In that sense, I don't think it signals that he's back and that he's won the shirt back. I think it's a question of let's utilise the cups to keep those players bubbling along in terms of the. And as you pointed out, he has got a five year contract and therefore completely not playing him at all potentially doesn't make sense in terms of squad usage. Now, whether or not, you know, Dan is content with where he currently is in the pecking order and whether or not, obviously, being in the transfer window. That might be something that some kind of, I don't know, loan or move solution for that is utilised. Or if he decides, no, I'm going to stay and I'm going to play for my place. Playing him in the cup is probably a reasonable thing to, to do or consider in terms of squad management. The other thing, and it was something that one of the groups I mean pointed out, was the fact that who kept the armband? It wasn't a question of he was brought back in and we resort back to where we were with things. And, and I think... I, I and I think a lot of other people, I, I think that's a good thing that Dan Backman is not brought in and considered to be the team captain on the pitch, because I think that's caused him a lot of the problems that you've you know called out and been very critical of. Is that a, a good thing that um, the, the manager has seemingly you know made that change, done with personnel previously because Hamer was in, but now when Backman does come back into this game, he hasn't re- revert to, uh, to to the captain. Is that a good positive to take out of today? I would say it's, a, excuse me, I would say it's a given, Peter. It would have been bizarre, utterly bizarre to have made him captain again. Well, he's the and, club captain. Um, he's the club captain. And therefore, it you know, it would have been, I, I think it would have been strange. But the fact that something didn't happen, I suppose, is, is a strange kind of positive. I get that. So fair enough. So I think we'll see Hamer back in for, for QPR personally. I think we'll probably, we might see Porteous back in for Sierra Alta after today because I thought he was oddly nervous. But again, one of the things that we've credited Hamer with is the a, a calm assurance that he seems to project through the team, which we don't get with with Dan Backman. You know, there seems to be a twitchiness, and I, don't, I think a lot of people have uh, have taken a look at it, but they've communicated it in a positive towards Hamer rather than a negative towards Dan Backman. Let's move on to to to, to our, our friend James Morris at, at the back. So far in the last few games, I mean, has he set the world alight from left back? No, but he's been fairly competent. I think his first half, I don't think was great, but I don't think anybody's first half was particularly great. It, you know, I'm, it's always going to come down to a game of opinions and long may it be so. But I, for, for me, James Morris as the contingent left back is not the biggest issue for me personally. It would be interesting to see how long Jamal Lewis's injury might be keeping him out for, because I think we'd like to see a fit and firing Jamal Lewis rather than one who is not there so that we're not solely dependent on, on well, I keep calling him young Morris, but he's not that young anymore. So that, that kind of makes a material difference. And I think the same thing happens on the right back side. With both fullbacks, we've got an injury. We've got two players for the position, but we've got both of those injuries. So if Ngakia is injured 
and isn't going to be coming back to form, then I agree with you. I think, you know, you need to go and get some coverage to not be trying to shove the square peg into the round hole that is Tom Bashiru into the right back slot. And, and simply for the basis of exactly what Rich said earlier on, which was in the second half, he looked suddenly to be the player we hoped to have seen in, middle, in the middle of the park early on in the season and was charging forward. And it was great that he got the goal. So I think as the transfer window opens, how much we'll do, we'll see. We, don't, we honestly don't know. I don't think we've had many transfer windows for quite some time that we've come away and gone, crikey, that was good, wasn't it? So I think we probably need to temper our, our, our expectations with it. But no, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be reticent to see a, a right back coming in or indeed a left back providing Ngakia and Jamal Lewis's long term. And when I say long term, I'm in between now and May that we know how long they're going to be out for because, yeah, we are. I think you used the phrase skeleton. I think I'll probably use the word threadbare, uh, but I think that's just semantics. I think we are, you know, we've cut our cloth a lot, means that we need to use what we can when we've got it. And if, if somebody's out for, you know, big bearing in mind, and Gakia is, I think his, I think his contract ends in, in, in June, you know, so he's out of, if he's no longer there, you release him now. If, unless we're planning on giving him a contract, and I appreciate how you feel about people being given contracts <laughs> yes. as they're approaching. We'd wait and see. We'd wait and see. I want to ask, what are your thoughts on Ryovic? Because he scores goals. He provides something that we desperately need. And, you know, I think that's his, what, his ninth goal? And I think if when we signed him, we'd said, you know, just after Christmas, he's going he's gonna to be on nine. And, you know, he might be in danger of, you know, maybe getting to, I don't know, 18 or, or maybe even 20 by the end of the season if he keeps going at the rate he is. But he doesn't provide as much else. What do you think? An enigma wrapped in a riddle. I'm glad you said enigma rather than enema, Peter. Well, um, (laughs) it gives you somewhere to go with it, doesn't it? Quite literally. Yes. On occasion, he reminds me of of Scott Fitzgerald. Um, I'm sure older listeners will remember him. Yes. But on others, there seems to be something very interesting there. Very interesting. I think he has more talent than Scott Fitzgerald. And I think he would be wonderful in a front two with a in a big man little man combination i think it would i think he would be the george riley to the mo johnston he would be the jo- he would be there. the johnny Marr to Ryovich's morrissey yes indeed <laughs> <laughs> yes there, there's something there there is something there and i think sometimes he's made to look bad by being played as a lone striker and surely at home we can sometimes try a front two lovely lovely and stuff i think it'll look a lot better there I like that. Uncle, lovely to hear from you. I do hope the family are all good. The kids are all good. Thank you, Peter. Yes, yes. Challenging, but good. Yes, yes. Yeah. They are always, they're a handful. They're a handful. And it's, it's never good having two, because let's face it, that's only as many arms as you have and hands. You can only, you can only cover so many in that short space of time. Brilliant stuff. Lovely, Ron. There we go. So he's thinking fullbacks um, and thinking, can we go maybe two up front? I think we'll see. Uh, Justin, sir. Yeah, I'm fine. Are you are you knee deep in in prawn sandwiches? No, I'm not prawn sandwiches, but I am in the view. It's lovely in here. Very nice. I recommend it to everybody. Oh, there we go. You see, Justin's been having a bit of hospitality today and in, in enjoying it greatly, Sandu. Oh, it's brilliant, mate. It's brilliant. Thank you very much to John for inviting me. It's been a lovely day, and the football was all right in the end, wasn't it? It was looking a bit. Iffy, you know, half time I'm thinking, but uh, it was all right. What I want to say though, Pete, was at the end of the game, Hoot and Pone came over to, there's a load of kids, I think, in the rookery and in the lower Grand Taylor. Obviously, it's the street with the kids or whatever. And they came over and they had pictures, they signed stuff, they spoke to people. And they did that over two stands, over the rookery and the lower Grand Taylor, which I thought was a really nice thing to do. Really, really nice thing to do. So that. That was one thing today that I thought was excellent. There was a lovely rainbow over, yep. over the ground as well, which was very nice. Look, we won in the end. I was thinking, oh, you know, we play at Chesterfield midweek, who fancies that? But in the end, we're through. It'll be interesting to see who we pull out the next round, isn't it? Lovely stuff. Uh, Justin, you have the audio that suggests hardwood flooring, cutlery, and people in the backwood yes, kind of throwing things. Yes, going on. Yeah. yeah. I'll leave you to it. Uh, okay, so look, glad you had a nice one. Keep listening in. This is Ronnie Rosenthal speaking, and you are listening to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, let's, get, let's go to Wendover. For we know he'll be nestling himself into the, uh, into the West Hearts or somewhere along those lines. Greg, sir, how you doing? Hello, mate. Well, uh, I, as you know, was, was wary of this. I was wary of this opposition. I, think I thought they were strong. I liked very much their manager. They had, up until today, won 20 games out of 25 at the top of the, of the conference. And it doesn't matter really whether or not you are three leagues down. If your muscle memory says you're good at winning, you've got some determination. And it was a squeaky bum time of a game, wasn't it, really? Yeah, I thought first half was the Watford of the last two seasons. I think they just turned up there and they thought they were going to win and go through the motions. And I thought the second half, you saw a little bit more of the fight and spirit that, that we've seen this year. Yeah, it was one of them. Never in any doubt, was it, Pete? Never in any doubt. Oh, I'm glad you say that. Yeah, well, I think a number of people were thinking, oh, blimey, we're going to lose. And then we scored, and then they were all thinking, the last thing anybody wants these days is a replay and a, and a trip up to Chesterfield to go and play at their place, because if we thought tonight was going to be hard, that would have been even, that would have been even tougher. So, yeah, so there we go. One, a couple of questions for you, sir, if that's all right, and then we'll get on to your, your thoughts about, about the game. Yeah, no worries. First half, obviously, we, we do see the goal, but there was a moment where Kone went through on goal. <laughs> to me, yeah. he looked like he was desperately looking around for somebody to pass to. He didn't feel like he was insightful, incisive in terms of what he was looking at trying to do, and he hit the keeper, and it... Am I wrong? Am I being, you know, just na- nasty to the young Canadian there? Or did you see that too? No, I agree. He nicked it off of their defender, didn't he? And went through and seemed sort of half-heartedly wanting to shoot. And you're right. He was looking for somebody to come and support him. Though our finishing overall in the first half was abysmal, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, you know we, we did, you know, even though we weren't playing well in the first half, we had a number of chances and, yeah, it didn't look like putting any of them away, did we, really? Yeah. That's one of them, really. The other thing that occurred to me, and I, I was chatting to uh, Mr Jason Grace earlier on, who was sits like I do in the family stand, and therefore watching a game behind the goal, you, you're looking at defensive organisation more than anything. Yeah. Sitting as I did today at the other end to, to you of the Graham, upper Graham Taylor, the, yeah. thing, the thing that hit me, which I hadn't really picked up on before, was even though we are playing with one up front, we don't seem to have any midfielders being prepared to run beyond the striker. Or yeah. to, you know, and, and what I mean is it's very hard when everybody's on the shoulder of the last defender or in that line to make a run because if the ball doesn't come and you're there, it, you're almost moving. The moment you're making a move forward, you're offside. The advantage of having a third man run, i.e. a midfielder breaking the line, is that they have you know, 10, 15 or 5 yards of, of making the run, of basically drawing the eye of the player and then slotting the ball in behind you know, the, the defensive back line. And we seem to refuse to do it. It irritates me because I mentioned it after the, the Plymouth game, that Plymouth would always play the ball into space and run and move on. And it occurred to me today that playing one up, we do, do we never have anybody ever breaking the lines from midfield? Because I appreciate Kone's first one, but that's because he nicked it. No, I agree with you, Pete. And I think it was even more exaggerated in the first half when your lone striker is Reese Healy, who really is the type of striker that needs somebody close to him. Because he isn't a lone striker, is he? And playing that lone striker role, if that's all we're prepared to play throughout the season, that's why our Reese hasn't been given a chance. Because he, he ain't a lone striker. 
He's he needs to play off Raj or a Bayo maybe. I thought it was telling when he when he went off with the injury. Did you notice how many times he checked his knees? You know, yeah. checked the movement. I think he's really got that in his head, his knee, which the manager has said. Yeah. He said he wanted him to see having, having confidence in his knees. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And he checked his knee, he checked the one, then he checked the other. And as soon as he went down, he made movements to the bench that he wanted to come off. So I think that is one of the reasons why he's got no confidence in his body, which, which is a problem, which is a big problem. Yeah. Um, to my understanding, he's had you know ACL, anterior cruciate ligament, Issues both in, knees, in both. both As somebody yeah. who has dislocated both my knees at times, yeah, once once they go trusting your knees again, ain't, that ain't ever happy. As with anybody who's had any joint, weakening it, you know, and, and, and busting it once doesn't make it stronger. Um, it's it's not, yeah. it's not like a bone. Yeah. It doesn't just grow back. It's it, it's always a, a concern, always a, a worry. I, I was less worried with his kind of position as a single striker up front. Because I thought, actually, the bits and pieces, I thought he did quite tidily. He did the bits that, you know, if Ryovic had had his first half and then scored a goal, we'd have been erring, I think, personally. Um, yeah. But but he, he wasn't in a position to either get on the end of anything or have anything created or to you know, pull a trigger at any, definitely. No, big Reg, he scored a good number nine yeah. goal, didn't yeah. he? He scored the type of goal that you'd expect somebody of his type to to put you know and it was a good good header and you know he had another chance with a backwards header that you know i'm not a big critic of of ranch as i say for the for what we paid for him i think he's all right and you can't knock he's got nine goals now pete he's got nine goals you're right and everybody's right he gives you very little else apart from the goals I thought it was interesting today that no Gino there again. Oh, didn't see him. Didn't see him set up there, and that, I think that's the, the third game in on the trot. I haven't seen Gino sat there. So uh, whether he's busy working on things with Americans, who knows? But didn't, I don't think he was there again today. Well, you know, I mean, as many people will know that you know anybody who's got family. Sometimes, you know, I, and I'm not, I've got no knowledge of this, but, you know, sometimes you need to be with family. Who knows? There could be any number of reasons. Yeah. Any, oh, any yeah, there things. could be, yeah, loads of reasons. Of course, Pete. Yeah. Of course. But, mm. you know, at the end of the day, the last thing we wanted was a replay. So that ain't going to happen. Fair play to Chesterfield. One thing I wanted to ask you, Pete, who out of the Chesterfield team? Because there's a few. Anybody in there that you'd think, oh, I wouldn't mind taking you? I know it sounds daft. I, I like a forward who creates a pain in the arse for the opposition centre-backs. And yeah. they pinpointed, absolutely pinpointed Hoot. Yeah. And fair play to them. I thought their lad up, up front, Dobro, was quite used. Yeah, Old Acre. Yeah, it's, he, was, it, he was useful. Old Acre, I looked at him for a while. Thinking, is that Harry Arter? Because he, he looks similar and played yeah. similar. So I was quite impressed with him. I just thought people always say, you know, we'll say non league because it's at a certain, you know, tier. But as, as we were mentioning the other day, because of there only being two going up, and prior to for quite a long time, there's only one going up, you can quite yeah. often get a, a, a cluster of clubs who are going, no, we need to get back in. And therefore, it's not, you know, they were as problematic as I expected them to be. I thought the lad, oh, crikey, what was his name? Sheckford or Sheckleford, the uh, the right back. Yeah. You know, I was just sitting there chatting to Ron and he was saying, well, I'd like a right back. Well, yeah, there's some good players in non-league to go. You don't have to, you know, bust the bank in million pound players to bring somebody in as a contingent if you are going to commit to trying to play you know, for example, Ryan Andrews. I thought he had a couple of wobbly, who incidentally, I thought made a couple of poor decisions today. He just needs to just simplify his game a little bit more. But no, I'm really impressed with, as I say, with Chesterfield, with the team, with the manager, and, and most certainly with the fans. Because yes, of course, they, they give it the big and when they're 1-0 up. Who doesn't? I'd be very disappointed who with them doesn't? if they didn't. Yeah, of course, frank. of course. It was their big day out and fair play to them. Pete, I've got Mrs. W in the car oh, today. Oh, Mrs. She's been, w, everybody. How she's, are we doing? She's been, she, she's been to the uh, the Harlequin again. So whatever it's called now. What's yeah. it called now, Nick? The Atria. The Atria. 
Okay, it's we called re- the Atria now. We Pete. refuse to call it the Atria. It's still going to be the Harlequin. <laughs> if there's one thing oh, yeah. that will see us through, it's a refusal to look facts in the face. That's fair enough. Did you, did you manage to get anything particularly nice in the sales? Not really. It wasn't very good. <laughs> oh, this is, yeah, this is terrible news. This is a downer. <laughs> it was disappointing. Disappointing. I have to ask the question, as it is the, the, cup, uh, the cup weekend, Greg, are you, are you prepared to share the story of the Tagine that, that failed to launch <laughs> for Mrs. W? No. A, a, a few weeks ago, we, 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 were, we were at the point of forcing Wendover to cook Mrs. Wendover a meal. And, and I think it's fair to say that you, you, you fell at the first hurdle there, Mrs. Wendover. You went, no, yeah. please don't. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. Do, well, are you going yeah, to share with story us? Go- yeah, go on. The, the story goes back in our days of, I, would, I guess you would call it courting. Dating. Dating, dating. Yes, there you the, go, Nick, the 1850s have been on the phone. They want their language. Yeah, yeah, courting. Yeah. Who used the uh, word courting? Go on, carry on. people like I, I, I invited <laughs> the now Mrs. Wendover over to my house for a meal. I said, I will cook. And so that there you go. So I was going to do this chicken tagine. And I bought this this mixed thing to go in it. So I read Jar the, of sauce. Jar of sauce, Nick. Jar of sauce. So <laughs> I read the label. I read the label and it says, brown the chicken. No problem. So I get a, I get a walk out and I, and I brown the chicken. It says, add the jar of sauce. Bang in the d- d- the jar of sauce goes. It's Always fine culinary talk when they say and bang in yeah, the yeah. sauce. Excellent, good. Yeah, yeah. Then it says add three to four measures of the same jar of water. Nice. So I go one jar, one one fill up water, another <laughs> two, and then by the time I put the third in, I thought bloody hell, this is getting very big and watery and, and, and it was just like swimming and I thought, I thought well it's just three to four so I put a little bit more in and I put a little bit more in and it was literally I was doing it in a wok and the wok was nearly bloody over and oh what's going on here what's going on here I said Nick I don't know what and she said you prick it's three quarters <laughs> it should be three quarters of a jar of water oh god oh so I was, how do I thicken it? So I put in ketchup, oh. I put in HP sauce. I then found this other, I found another, a bigger thing to put it in. Then I found this thing I had in the cupboard of Uncle Ben's chili con carne mix. I thought, oh, I'll put that in as well. Oh. So, and then I drained off some water. And any, anyway, I put as much sort of, and, and in the end of the day, we ate it. But I think. That's why he doesn't cook. I Blimey. think you ended up just picking. You just picked out the chicken, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, it's, it's horrendous. It, it was an absolute disaster, Peter. A di- a disaster. Yeah. Well, what can I say? It, but, it, it sounds like our, our our previous transfer window writ large. That does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, no, yeah, well, yeah. well, I'm, well, I'm, we, so, I'm certainly no, no Gordon Ramsay. We c- I wasn't we c- married. I- we can understand why, why why Mrs W was like no don't don't make me eat don't make me eat soup again never that... ever again never ever. There we go. well guys thank you very much indeed right, love mate. loving that there's no end of food analogies to go but there's Mr and Mrs there's Mr and Mrs W heading up the A41 towards Wendover uh, let, let's see whether or not Mr Mike Duffy is heading Lincoln bound or not Mike sir hit your mic button and and let us know it was lovely to see you down the bunker today yeah, good to see you as well, Pete. And and the chap Jason, I, I didn't catch his surname, but it was it was good to chat to him. I don't know if he's listening, but yeah, I'm on the way back to Lincoln. On the way down this morning, I passed a fair few Chesterfield fans, and the services was packed with Chesterfield as well. So be interested to see if I if I pass me on the way home. But I can't help but feel a little bit sorry for them. They were maybe hard done by, but we that's Watford. We don't do things easy way, do we, Pete? No, no. And yeah, no, they made a racket. They've had, I think it's always a bit, it sounds always a bit condescending saying they've enjoyed their big day out, you know, because I I thought they were excellent. And as an away end, if you put 4,000 people in there, that's how it can sound. I mean, fair play to them. Absolutely. And they they had nothing to lose at the end of the day, Pete. They had 4,000, I think he was, just under. The top of the National League, like you said earlier, I can't remember whose point you was uh, making this to, but it doesn't matter what league you're in. If you've got that winning mentality, that's going to stick, you know, whoever you play. And all the pressure was on Watford. 
So they could go into a game, they're used to winning anyway, and uh, for once, they're not be favourites. And that probably suited them because I thought they soaked up the early pressure. I thought we had a good start. Typical, you know, story of Watford season. We had a couple of chances which we should have put away. And and they started, they soaked that pressure in. And then they grew into the game, grew with a bit of confidence. The fans got louder and they, they took the lead. And I thought they dealt with us superbly, you know, that everything we were throwing at them, they were able to deal with. And then I was saying, because I went with all the voices of the Vic Lock were there today. Yeah. And I was sat next to Ben, Cam and my old man. And I said, walking back, like, it shouldn't have to take going 1-0 down and an absolute rocket in the arse from Val at half-time for us to, you know, produce these cut turnarounds. And it's really frustrating that we put ourselves in that position. But it's also good to see that they do react to a bollocking and that we have got that fight in us. So, on the whole, I'm delighted. I'm just glad we've not got to go to Chesterfield. I mean, it would be easy for me to get there, but... I would not fancy us at all away to Chesterfield. I think they'd beat us at their place. But, yeah, I'm delighted. Hope we have a good stab at the FA Cup this year. I really do. Well, it would be nice to have something. I mean, we were chatting in the in the bunker, as I said earlier on, and one of the things I said was, well, you know, we talked about this after the Plymouth game and everyone was, well, maybe we should rest people up. And in fairness to Val, he still, whilst he made the changes, he played a core in there of, of important players, including who... And, uh, and, and of course, Jake Livermore. And we took it as seriously as, you know, KMB being away would, would, would allow in terms of that. And I think that's good to see. Uh, I question myself in terms of like going, I'm sitting there saying, well, I'm quite happy to concentrate on the league and we're 10th or 12th in the championship. You know, is that how far the FA has fallen in terms of the important, the importance to clubs? And, no, I think it would be lovely to get another, and I don't care whether it's the fourth, fifth, sixth round. It'd be nice to have a bit of a run and see see what we can do and enjoy the FA Cup as what it is, which is a great leveller. And it's always where basically Goliath gets his head kicked in by, you know, <laughs> a David throw, you know, lobbing stones at him. And it's that's what happened to us. It's It doesn't matter that it's played on a bowling green of a pitch, Scott Tingley, you know, as ever, doing the remarkable job him and his team there. It, that doesn't matter. It's the kind of, it's the fear. It's the psychological fear of the potential upset. You know, the reason why I was feeling particularly, well, I'm not happy about this beforehand. And that's hard to get through. Yeah, absolutely. And can I just say, a point you mentioned there about Kayembe, I thought there was a big Kayembe-shaped hole in that midfield today. I thought Livermore did the best he could. Kone didn't really impress me that much. Obviously, he missed that chance. Uh, I know you were just chatting to Greg there. Perhaps he was looking for that square across goal. Yeah. Uh, and some, well, no, Chapman did what he's been doing the last few games where he gets the ball, he's looking to drive forward at every chance. And then massive shout out to Tom Delhi in the second half yeah. when he was moved to midfield. That is what we want to see. That is the Tom Delhi that was so highly rated that comes from Man City that we're all excited about. Like, I, I'm, people might think of getting a bit carried away there because we're against Chesterfield, but. He's done it, you know, when emulated the performances which we're expecting of him. So I think, you know, massive credit to Tom Delhi there. And he's done himself the world of good getting a goal as well. And Oh, I think we just lost Mike maybe. there. Oh, Mike, I think. Uh, can you still hear me or? You just. You, yeah, you would. No, he's. Oh, blimey. Sorry, Mike, you got your point across beautifully there. So sorry, sir. Thank you very much. Point, you know, really there is the fact that Tom Delhi B. Came in from Man City. We had all had great hopes. And then he obviously had that injury. He then went out on loan to Reading and yeah, came back. It's been in fits and starts and it's difficult to recover. But absolutely, it, at, a time to, to, at a time to hit the ground running in central midfield, Kayembe not being there, now's not a bad time to suddenly start finding the net and finding a performance at central midfield. And as Ron said earlier on, uh, maybe, you know, that that's... Let's just declare that the the right back experiment really working. We appreciate Ryan Andrews might be a bit tired. Maybe that's where we need to go and concentrate. But Mike, lovely to see you and all of the and all of the voices of the Vic guys down at down at the the bunker. Look forward to seeing you again. Somebody else who was down there was returning from from South America, where he has been officially appointed ambassador for Do Not Scratch Your Eyes, <laughs> having met somebody. In, was it Buenos Aires Airport? Juan Magri has texted me, and I sent him the link 
to the spaces. One magri. To try and get him to try and get him in because he literally texted me. Right. So the story is, Pete, this is fucking brilliant. I'm like, I'm <laughs> it's blue up cheese the Brett, security. everybody, in case you had to go. Hello, everyone. I'm back. Go on. Yeah. Far away. Yeah, switch off if you need to. Basically, I'm queuing for security in Buenos Aires Airport, which is actually very small in comparison to a big city airport that you might imagine. And there's a guy wearing the stakes.com kit. Right. Queuing up. And I said to my missus, oh, my God, it's a fucking Watford fan. I'm going to have to go and speak to him. And she's rolling her eyes and all that. And I went up to him and fist bumped him going, Hornets. And he returned with a South American accent. And I was like, oh, my God, there's a story. I was like, we arranged to meet at the other side of security. (laughs) I said, I've got no what's going on. He said, Roberto Pereira. I was like, okay, that's it. But he's a proper hoodie because I was like, where are you going? He said, I am going to Vicarage Road. <laughs> he's going on a fucking pilgrimage. It's amazing. When, we when, had a photo when, together. So is he actually going to be Sorry. coming across? Is this something? No, he can't make any game because he's going to Europe. And then I, I said to him, I'll hook you up. I've got free ticket, you know, all of that. Yeah. He's basically, there's loads of away games. He He's actually literally going on a pilgrimage to the stadium when we're not playing because he has to visit. He, he's a proper hornet. He's like, he's in. I was like, I, I was, we were trying to find, like I'm sitting there with his family. We were trying to arrange a scenario where he could come and watch a game. And I was like, even QPR, mate, I know QPR fans. We could get you in and... He, he'd already realised in his diary of travels that he can't actually make an actual game. But he assured me he's going to the stadium to sit next to Graham Taylor, like go to the Hornet shop. He, he's he's in. So my, my next job is I haven't really done my ambassadorship yet. I've got to bring him into spaces. Like I've just sent him a link. You know, we'll try and bring him in as, as our Argentinian friend. You we know, like a, this. We like there this. We, so let's face work. it, we are going, if, if anybody isn't aware of this, we are going for world domination, but we're doing it one <laughs> one person at a time. It's uh, got to be true. Pete. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be like, it's you ver- know. It's very much you know, the tortoise rather than the hare loves, as methodologies go, but never he mind. He Watford. He really loves it. But look, I had to, I've got so much to say about the game today. Right. Fire away. What a surprise. Make Firstly, it in bullet points. Go. I really want to encourage Mrs. Wendover to give him another chance because he just fucked up on the three to four. If he'd got the three quarters, he wouldn't have gone for the Uncle Ben's and all that. Excellent. He would have just nailed it. Okay, so that's I good. I think he does definitely deserves another chance. So This is good. Point number that. one, that one is six. <laughs> Wend over to cook more. We like this. Give point him num- another chance. Point he down. made one little mistake. How many times have Watford made a mistake? Point anyway, number two. Moving on to football. Point number two. <laughs> moving on to football. I swapped my seat. I went to the Grand Taylor stand. Yep. I was hoping to see Justin, but he probably wouldn't have wanted to see me. And I found out he's in fucking hospitality. So there you go. And then I'm walking up. I left you guys. You, you'd left. You'd left. I left Carl and Taylor at the gate with a ticket mistake and looking like Taylor hadn't downloaded his ticket and hanging around thinking that I might be some sort of help and then realizing very quickly that I couldn't fucking help him at all. So I moved on. But this whole mystical scenario led me to a situation where I'm walking up the concourse and I'm right ahead of me, Luther, John Barnes, Alec Chamberlain, hand out. Oh, my God shaking all their hands. So that was beautiful because I wouldn't have got that in the Elton John. So that that was brilliant. But now I've got an analogy for you, Pete. Okay. Here we go. An analogy. Yes. Sitting it's, comfortably, it's everybody. It's not about girls. Don't worry. It's not about <laughs> girls. My friend Louis is half Japanese and half Chinese. This is an excellent was, start. I think we'll all agree he, with that. Go on. He was, get, he was being promised that if he studied dentistry at university, his dad would hand him his clinic. Basically, he was lined up to take over his clinic. But Louis really liked music festivals like I did, right? We're talking about 2010 here. Okay. So I remember, like, but the thing is, if you're going to do the teeth of Japanese people, right, you have to be very gentle. These people are very sensitive, right? Okay. So this guy learned from his dad, who's obviously like a, you know, he's like a black belt in dentistry <laughs> who can deal with 
Japanese and Chinese customers who expect a certain level of sensitivity. So I, 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 I took a lot of faith in Louis being my dentist. He did a couple of jobs for me very nice. I remember sitting opposite him on a Saturday night. And I don't know if you know the word munted, if people use that anymore. That, that basically says, you know, we are very fucked on a lot of different substances. And Louis is sitting opposite me laughing at me. And I was like, mate, what are you laughing at? And he went, I'm taking your wisdom teeth out on Tuesday. <laughs> so to liken that to the game, it's exactly the same feeling. Walking up to that game, I'm thinking about my wisdom teeth taken out, as in we're playing Chesterfield and they might do a job on us. And I fucking hope we win and you absolutely do a great job. It's It would felt the same, like there was relief when the second girl went in. It wasn't much cheering. It was relief. It was like, thank God we haven't got a replay because that would be... And just, are we still there? I'm, I'm yeah, still yeah. listening. I, I like many other people are going, Brett, where the fuck's this going? What? Well, so, that, come it's on. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's, it's gone. gone. That was it. It's, Look, it was relief as much as anything. Like having, the feeling of that game was like having my wisdom teeth taken out. The whole game was like, I hope this goes well. Because it was jittery for a long time. And eventually you're like, no, we have. And did am I wrong in thinking that actually took the ball down, held it up and passed it in? For the second goal, that was the setup for the second goal, was it not? Duh, 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 duh. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back and look at it. I can't remember. You, everybody else, I let us know. I believe that that is the first time that I've seen Ryovic hold a ball and pass it, leading to a goal. Please check me on that. But I, uh, no, I believe that. N- no, it wasn't. It was Hurtado. It was oh, the. Uh, it was the number seventeen. But yeah. he was great. Look at his quiff, by the way. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Hurtado, okay. who is the lab we signed about. About 18, 19 months ago, something like that, or maybe okay. even slightly more. And he's been playing in Colombia, for he is indeed Colombian, for I think Medellin, and we'd moved him somewhere else, and you know, yeah. as one does, and, and seemingly have brought him in, played wide left, or played wide right, sorry, but seemed to be a left, uh, left-footed player. And uh, there, there, there you go. So you felt it was more relief rather than elation. It was and that relief. Was, it, was, it really it, was. So basically, and, and, and the Chesterfield fans, as Brian Edwards pointed out on on the, on the Telegram, after fifty three seconds, they were talking about how shit Watford is, and they want to go home. And after the game, oh, first of all, there was a Chesterfield fan three rows in front of me who got up and celebrated their goal. And I just thought, if you do another one of them, I'm going to have a word. No stewards on him at all, right? That was fine. And just to put the boot in, I smuggled a cream egg in so they can fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. We are inciting open rebellion when it comes to Cadbury's cream eggs and and indeed Chesterfield fans invading the home end. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.